Hey, this is John Sally, and thanks for listening to the Humble Warrior Podcast. This is Cassie Sobleton. I'm a health and wellness expert, speaker, and author of Back to Balance. You're listening to the Humble Warrior Podcast. Hi, this is Lisa Hickey, CEO of Good Men Media and publisher of The Good Men Project. Welcome to the Humble Warrior Podcast. Hey, it's Jason Robel, the author of Eternity, and you are listening to the Humble Warrior Podcast. This is Michael Patrick Peters, the creator of Dance Meditation Technique, and you are listening to the Humble Warrior Podcast. This is Len Barker from the Mankind Project Chicago. You are listening to the Humble Warrior Podcast. Hi, this is Katie Delbaugh, author of the book Let It Out, and you are listening to the Humble Warrior Podcast. Welcome to the Humble Warrior Podcast. Here are your hosts, Chris Forte and John Moises. I'm John Moises. That is Chris Forte. Live brave. And this is the Humble Warrior Podcast. Welcome to the show. Hello, Humble Warriors. And we're back after two weeks without having a guest. We are back with a guest. And this guest is in studio today. Yes. These, these are more fun to do. Yeah. Usually know. we have them on the phone, but we love it when you come to visit us because it usually is a more intimate talk, I yeah, think. More, more, much more personable. Our guest today is Dr. Nisha Chellum, and she's a board-certified internist who is also board-certified in integrative and holistic medicine. Her practices, or Dr. Chellum practices under the principles of functional medicine, and her mission is to prove that diminished health and vitality can be reclaimed by any proactive person at any age. Her holistic icon practice incorporates nutrition, fitness, hormone balance, and permanent weight control. Welcome to the Humble Warrior Podcast, Dr. Chellum. Thank you so much, John, and thank you, Chris, for actually having me here. Really appreciate it. Yes, very excited. Very excited. You're, you practice a different kind of medicine yeah. than most people. Yes. But before we get into that, can you tell us what got you into medicine and why you decided to practice in the first place? Okay. So studying medicine or getting into medical school, this was not necessarily by choice. Um, I come from India. And in India, there are only two pathways if you're going to be successful. One is you get into engineering school or the other is medical school. So by default, I had to go into medical school because I was pretty much good with the biology part rather than math. Okay. And uh, so when I got into medical school, it was, you know, again, it was five years. I I wasn't really sure I wanted to do this. Um, So it was almost like a mindless journey. Sure. Just doing mindless medicine, um, try to get through all of the exams, graduate. And then things happen in your life where suddenly you realize why you do what you do. And that's really my journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came to the United States in 1993 to do my internship in internal medicine. And um, really, I wanted to become an endocrinologist. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what I'm going to be mm-hmm. doing. But I really fell in love with internal medicine because it was so much. There was so much to learn. Uh, you made an impact in people's lives. And you were like, it's, it's like being the quarterback, pretty much your internist can take care of a lot of your issues and get your health together. Um, So that was my initial journey. And then of course I became a mother Uh and I joined the Veterans Administration, which is really um, another great place for a physician to work because you work five days, uh, you get all your public holidays, you get 21 days off. And, um, and great people. Actually, uh, the veterans are probably the greatest people to serve. 
So I used to take care of them almost, um, you know, it's been, it was 10 years I spent time at the VA. Wow. So, and that's where my journey into a different type of medicine began. Okay. Uh, so the, at the VA, we all know um, the veterans as, um, you know, the people who come to the VA come in because they have more than one medical issue. It all, it, sometimes a lot of it stems from their experiences in, at service. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of it is depression, post-traumatic stress. And um, many of them just showed up in the um, office or their clinics getting medications for their various ailments. And what I found is as the, um, the medication list grew big, their disease processes grew even bigger. Oh. So you start giving people medications for depression, post-traumatic stress, and suddenly you see that they get developed diabetes or they have higher blood pressure, they have heart disease, and their disease doesn't actually go away. Yeah. And you know, after some time of doing mindless medicine, you suddenly realize, you know, what am I actually doing? Is there a different way? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we realize after some time of practicing this way that we're really addressing only symptoms. And symptoms are a way of your body telling you, hey, everything is not right. And what do we do? We suppress the symptoms with medications. Right. So we get to feel better in the short term but in the long run, your disease or your body is actually breaking down because it's like you get a leak in one side of the boat right. and you fix it, but you're not seeing what is causing the leak. Right. Right. If it's hitting an iceberg, if you're not changing the direction of where you're sailing, you're going to continue to get holes and then you stay plug, 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 and the whole thing gets weak and then right. it eventually kind of drowns right right that's really what happens and i think that's what we're doing with our health at this point so when i did that i did that around 2005 2000 i joined the va 2005 i started feeling like you know i have to do something different because this is not working and um, i remember staying at the va i tried to do integrative and holistic um, so anything to do with the federal government, you know, there's always a bureaucracy. Sure. Yeah. So it wasn't easy to try and get things done. But I, I should tell you, amongst all of the health, um, uh, what do you call it, entities out there, the VA really is far more advanced. They did bring in acupuncture. Really? Oh, yeah. Good, good. Massage. Wow. I wouldn't um, have thought that. Um. Yep. They actually do a pretty good job with all of that. And um, though it's been a long time since I've been away from the VA, but when I, as I was leaving, they were trying to look at those venues, and they still have those opportunities in some of the VAs. So in 2010, I just decided I was going to start my own practice, and I started it um, as a micro practice. What a micro practice is you use um, leverage technology, to provide care, which means patients can have access online. They can make their own appointments, mm-hmm. which means they get their appointments at their time. You're not calling them and saying, hey, this is what I have available. Right. They, they can look at what are the slots available, make their own appointments. They can finish their history online, so they're not coming and sitting in the waiting room half hour right. mm-hmm. doing paperwork. You spend about 45 minutes in the waiting room and five minutes with your doctor, and you spe- feel like you spend an hour with the doctor, right? Right, right. right. So that's what we do. Is um, um, I mean, I created a way they could do their history online. Then when they sit down with me, it's almost 45 minutes to an hour, 15 minutes. So I'm trying to get to there. Which is Which unheard is, of in, in normal medicine. Right. You right. don't get that much time with your doctor. No. I know when I 
You're, well, I got different doctors, but yeah, traditionally, <laughs> some of my doctors I'd go in, they'd come in, ask you a few, ask a few questions, and then they're out, and nurse gives me some stuff, and then I'm gone. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that's just what we've been accustomed to, and that's what we think is normal and the way it's supposed to be. And I think one of the things that we're trying to bring out is to let people know that it isn't normal. It's normal in what we've come to expect, but there's other ways and other practices out there where you can get more service and more, really, education, which is the thing that we need the most, I think, from our doctors. Right. I mean, the word doctor means an educator. Right. So you were going to say something. Oh, does it? No, I was just going to say, on top of it, John hit a lot of it, but it's the quality. You're going there and you're getting a quality appointment. You know, I just, you just even, even as a young child, you remember growing up to see the pediatrician. It was the same process. You just got this little bit of time. You're in the waiting room for most of the time. There's people in front of you and then it's your turn and you go and okay, we've done your checkup and you go out the door and then you come back, whatever, six months or a year later. Right. And then that just, you know, goes into your adulthood and you're going through the same, the same process. And, uh, so what's really, great is we flipped it, you know, Dr. Shalom has flipped it along with some other holistic doctors and practitioners we've seen on our show is like, let's really get to know our client and really like, let's look at the overall issue. Right. And instead of treating it, let's figure a way where we can prevent it and clear it out. Right. Mm-hmm. But I should tell you that it wasn't all easy because I can tell you if I spend 45 minutes with a client or an hour... In an eight-hour period, I can see at the most six to eight people. Right, right. I couldn't keep my doors open that way. Right. Because when you really look at your insurance, you get pay you get paid anywhere from thirty-five to a hundred bucks for each visit. Mm-hmm. And to keep my clinic open, I need to spend seven hundred and fifty dollars with no staff, just my faxes, my answering machine, my phones, right. your access. So people don't realize when they are paying insurance, they're actually paying for a fifteen-minute visit. And so most doctors, why do they see? I mean, we, I know we kind of blame the healthcare system, but we, everybody's lost control. Um, the doctors don't have control over their schedule. They can see patients only for 10 or 15 minutes mm-hmm. because that's the only way they can keep their doors open. Right? Wow. Right. But again, this is where the consumer comes. You have to ask, seek a different type of care. So the best way to kind of change where care is going is we have to create or build a different system and people should have a choice. Well, and you're empowering the consumer. Yes. The yeah. consumer's just not aware that we have these choices. Right. right. So we could pay X and go through the traditional route and see my doctor for 15 minutes and go through the insurance or, wow, here are these other options where I can really sit down with someone who's going to know my overall history and I'm going to be able to spend 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that's where, you know, so the holistic part of it came in a couple of years later uh, when, you know, I started getting sick and I was doing the 15-minute visits with other doctors. And all I got as I left was a prescription for tests and pills. Mm. But I never got an understanding of why my body wasn't functioning. You know, you have migraine headaches. You start gaining weight. I've had millions of you know, patients come, especially women, they come and say, I think it's wrong, something is wrong with my thyroid. And that's why I am gaining weight. And I would look at their tests and we were told a specific test we have to order, something called TSH, which doesn't even come from the thyroid, but comes from the brain. Hmm. And um, one of the hormones of the thyroid, which is not even the active hormone, that's what a traditional 
internists would check or an endocrinologist. If your TSH and T4 are normal, you're normal. Until the same thing happened to me. So I my TSH, my T4 was normal, but I was losing my hair, gaining weight, getting having migraines, mm-hmm. having muscle pain. And I'm like, this is not normal. But I was told, you know what, let's watch for six months. And that's when I came upon functional medicine. And I remember going for the very first conference and they were talking about gluten and they were talking about food sensitivities and hormones. And I'm like, all of this, we've learned these things. But we learn in medical school, anatomy, physiology, biochemistry. And then we learn pharmacology and pathology, the next in the basic sciences. And I suddenly just dawned on me, classic medicine works from the pathology. You have a disease, I have pharmacology to deal with the disease. Mm. But if your physiology and your biochemistry is dysfunctional, I really don't look at it unless it becomes a pathology. Are you following me? Yeah. So unless it becomes a disease, it does not mean anything to me. Right. Right. So you are, if you are gaining weight, you probably just should be exercising and eating healthy. And I was eating salads and I was exercising, but I was not getting anywhere. That's where the functional medicine actually changed everything. Because what functional medicine is, understanding the root cause of why you have dysfunction. Why is your body right now dysfunctioning? Is it because it's lacking something? Or is it because something is in its way that's not allowing it to heal? Mm. So we're all exposed to stuff, right? Right. And I know none of us, including me, we're not consistently 24-7 eating healthy, exercising, sleeping like we should, getting off of the um, electronic media at the same time, and praying or meditating. It doesn't happen. Most of us do some of these things. Some of us do none of these things. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's where your body begins to either dysfunction, and when it becomes a disease, then you get onto the conveyor belt of chronic disease into the medical system, and then you're given pills to suppress all the symptoms. It's amazing when patients come to me and say, you know, I'm healthy. When they come to me as a new patient, I'll say, you're healthy, so why are you on these three medicines? Oh, it's just little high blood pressure I take just mm-hmm. one for high blood pressure, and I take a little Xanax to sleep, but I don't use it as often. Those are dysfunctions. Right. right. They have become diseases, and you're now you're taking a medicine, and in your mind, it is, it's not a big deal, because the only thing that becomes a big deal is when it becomes a cancer, right? Because we associate right. cancer with death. Right, right, right. But how about if I told you, you were having high blood pressure, you have diabetes, even if it's under control, it is a way that your body is breaking down and you're going to be almost disabled for the last 10 years of your life before you die. It becomes a living hell. Yeah, and right. a lot of people don't realize that part. Right, right. Right. And because they tell me it's too hard to exercise, it's too hard to go on a diet. And what if I told you you don't need to do any of those? Yeah, and you bring up a good point because that's you know, one of the things we kind of talked about when we just talk about exercise or healthy eating is pe- you know, Fortunately, unfortunately, people are just living for today, next week, next month. They're not looking 10 years out. Right. And a doctor is never going to have that sit down conversation with you for, you know, for 15 minutes and say, how do you want to be Chris at 50? Or how do you want to live at 60? Right. This is what we need to look at. Right. 
I mean, so great point. Yeah. Is, you know, and that's kind of like the holistic part, right? Let's right. look at your lifetime here. Right. Let's look at the whole picture right. as opposed to what's going on today. Right. And, you know, the question that I always ask people is, when was the last time you ever felt healthy? Right. 100% healthy where health was not an issue. Symptoms were not an issue. It should not be the day I got my insurance, but it should be like, you know, <laughs> right. you have to really sit back and think. And a lot of women, if you see, it'll be the after their last childbirth or their first childbirth. Mm. Something changes in their body. And sometimes it is moving to a new city or getting a new job or getting into a new relationship. A lot of things affect us, but we kind of, we are very resilient as human beings. We try to do the best and try to survive. How about thriving? How do you thrive? Right. And I think that's the difference between going to a traditional medical system where you're just kind of surviving. You got your blood pressure under control. You just need to take these two medicines, but nothing else about your life changes. Right, right. The minute I get diagnosed with, when I was really sick, I was diagnosed with prediabetes and Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune disorder of the thyroid. And the first thing I did was ask, why? Right. And uh, of course, there's a genetic trait, but what can I do to reverse this? And 85% of the diseases that we treat in our medical system is lifestyle-induced. Right. right. So why do we tell our patients that, hey, there's nothing you can do, you just have to take a pill, when it is something that they're doing every day that's causing them trouble? Right. And we need to be able to teach people that they can be empowered they can be educated to take better care of themselves. You need to go to a doctor not to give him return business, but to give referral business. Right, right, right. right. I go to my doctor, I actually feel so much better. Now I'm going to send my friend because I'm where I should be. Right, right. Rather than I'm going to my doctor because I need a refill of my medications. Right, right. Yeah, I think we've gotten to a point in medicine and the way we view our health care and the people we work with as I'm just going there to get, it's almost like getting your car checked or getting your car fixed. Just go do it. It's not even a part of me where really we should have a relationship with our doctor. We should know them. They should know us intimately because it's that important. And we kind of, somewhere along the road, we've gotten this mindset where our bodies aren't that important anymore. Right. Right. And it also... You know, as you go down this path, they're making a change in their life. Right. They're making a change and a change in their viewpoint. It's kind of like, well, I'm used to, you know, my family and my friends. This person has that problem. This person has that problem. We kind of just all follow the same thing. And now it's time to take that brave step for yourself and nobody else to kind of just say, you know what? I want change. I don't want to live like this. And these are these steps that one needs to take in order to get to that path. Actually, you bring up a very good point. And that's what I call the law of familiarity. Mm-hmm. My mother, my grandmother, and my sister, they all take metformin. So when I have to take, when my doctor tells me I have to take metformin, I'm okay with it because I'm one mm. with them. Right. You understand? So yes. they feel, hey, this is runs in my family. I'm okay with it. Right. And I'm, I'm here to tell you it's not okay. It's not okay for them to be taking it. And it's not okay for you to think that it's okay to take it. Right. right. You really need to say, hey, what is it about us that's making us at a high risk? And, you know, same thing with breast cancer. I see it all the time. People say, oh, it runs in my family. Right. 
it can run in your family, but you know there are enough, um, we have enough data to show that you can prevent a lot of these cancers, yes. a lot of these diseases. Why not do it? And it's not very difficult. You just need to find the right people to help you with it. Right. right. And I think it's that, that commitment and search. Like there's heart disease that runs in on my dad's side of the family. So it's not like I'm going to accept, okay, Chris, then you, you have heart disease. Right. You know, I understand that genetics, but I'm going to continue to go to doctors like our friend, Dr. Joel Kahn, mm-hmm. and really understand the heart and how it works. Right. And gain that knowledge to do whatever it takes. To come out the other side of, of taking care of my body. Absolutely. And, and, and everything inside of it. You don't have to accept. You don't have to be disempowered. You, right. you have to empower and say, what is it that I need to do different so that this particular gene doesn't get, get activated in me? Right. What can I do? Yeah, if you do the same things that your family does, likelihood is you will get the disease. Mm-hmm. But that's just a risk. It's just a risk. It doesn't mean you are determined or you're yes. you know, destined to get the disease. Yes. And, you know, I'm going to put a spiritual fit, fitness twist on this. You brought up the question, and it's, it's a, an important question that one asked at some time, but it can even get you to a, a place in your evolution, spiritual evolution growth, is why. Why do I have this? Why, what's going on? And when you get to the answer to the why, there's usually in that root cause something else. Right. That's something that's going on that you're going to find out about. Absolutely. As, as you go down that path. Right. And this is what I tell people. We have the five pillars of health. Um, nutrition and fitness is what everybody focuses on, right? I need to eat healthy. I need to exercise. And I mean, like now, right now we have like the four days of summer in Michigan and everybody's running. Yes. And I, I keep thinking, God, this is so much hard work because they put it in that those four days they're running, they're, uh, you know, exercising. We have seven months where we're kind of locked inside. Right. How do we keep ourselves healthy? So really the nutrition and fitness, if that goes away, everybody's health goes away. But what you have to understand is they are held by three other pillars. One of them is your hormones, how your hormones function. For that, your organs actually need to function well, particularly your gut and your liver. A lot of your hormones get activated there. And what we eat goes through the gut, that's your connection to the outside world. Right. Mm-hmm. That's how the body gets stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then it goes to the liver to get processed. We never talk much about the liver because the liver is the only organ that can really regenerate. Okay. So a lot of times people don't think much about it, but it's a very crucial organ because that's your gateway. It says, hey, this is poison, this is food, and this is junk. And I'm going to get it out of the system either through the, you know, your... Mm-hmm. Um, um, bowel movements or mm-hmm. your urination, whatever it may be, it's going to try and get it. But if the liver doesn't do its job, you're accumulating a lot of this in your body. Then your hormones don't function. So we try to figure out what is it that we need to change there to get the hormones functioning. Then the stress management, a huge part of it, right. is we don't, I don't think there's anybody who would not have stress unless you're six feet under. Right. So right. we're going to have to learn right. how to deal with the stress. We need to have our bodies and mind really strong enough to deal with everyday stress. Mm-hmm. And again, that's another it's a learning process. It doesn't come naturally for people. Right. And it, they do have breakthroughs when they come through a wellness program. They have a breakthrough and say, you know what? I don't care anymore. It's not important in the long run. Right. And that breakthrough has to come. And of course, like I said, because the gut and the liver are kind of really getting the beating, we do a medical detoxification. 
And if you really go online, you can get detox for 10 days, 14 days, three days, and people just buy these stuff. They don't even know what it means, but they use it. And they come back to me and say, you know, I did a detox. I felt so good when I did the detox, but I'm back to where I started. Mm-hmm. It's because you haven't understood how your body is functioning. And that's the education I feel everybody is entitled to. I always tell people, health is your birthright. Healthcare is not. Mm-hmm. You pay for healthcare. Right. So, but you have to get back your health. What are you doing that needs to change to get you to that peak form? Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned the word you because that's really what this comes down to. Yeah. It's, you know, the listeners listening out there and I'm looking at John, it's really up to us to take this ownership because we can make all the excuses in the world. We can blame the doctors. We can blame our government. No, we have to get the power within to say, listen, health is my priority. I'm going to make it my priority and I have all these other options out here and I'm going to start searching to get to to where you feel good about it. Right. And there, and there is, there is, I don't want to say an end game, but there is like that window of opportunity of, of, of working with someone like yourself that says, wow, I, I feel good now about my team. Because we've always talked about as you go down this path, you need to build a team. You're not alone. You need to surround yourself right. with a team. And, and it can go from a personal trainer all the way to a holistic, you know, holistic doctor. Right. As you build your team. Right. And I think... I think one of the challenges is culturally the mindset that we live in. Because I'll tell you a story. My mom has been having knee problems. And I sent her to a referral that Chris gave me for a a holistic uh, practitioner. And she went and she got screened and x-rayed and all this. And I said, "How how did it go? She's like, oh, it was great. She spent an hour and a half with me, told me all these things, collected all this information. I've never had a doctor spend all this information or spend all this time with me before? Have you? She's a registered nurse, too. So she's in the medical profession. So okay. she knows what it's like. I said, oh, that's great. What are you going to do? She goes, well, she made a follow-up appointment, but I don't know if I'm going to go back. And I said, why? She said, well, my insurance didn't cover it. It was a little expensive. And we were just talking over the weekend. I said, mom, are you going back to this doctor? She's like, I don't know. And then my dad spouts off. He says, she's too expensive. I said, I looked at both of them. I said, all right, how much is your health worth to you? Because really, that's what we don't have that mindset. We have this mindset that because we have insurance, it shouldn't. It's it's like free or we're not really paying for it. We're not making it a priority. No, I'll, t- I'll tell you, that's another trick. That's a, that's a beautiful way insurance works. We all pay for our insurance, mm-hmm. but we don't see how we pay. Right. Right? I've asked people this every time I give an um, informational session. I ask them, how much are you paying monthly for your insurance? Not one hand goes up. Somebody would say, oh, I pay 110 I said, that's because the rest of us are paying for it because they're on government, federal-based insurance, right? Mm-hmm. You're paying any individual, even if your company is paying it for you, they take it away from your paycheck. You don't right. even see it. It's just given, right? You take a job saying, hey, do I have health benefits? And it goes away. So you don't even consider it as a part of your earning. Right. And then when you're giving 350 per paycheck, which means it's almost like 800, 700, 800 bucks at the end of the month for one person and then a family of 4, 1500, which you just don't see. And then you show up at your doctor's office and you still cough up $20. You think, that's the only amount you're paying. You're paying $20 for an office visit. Right. Can you blame a doctor 
for spending only 10 minutes with you? No. You just I, can't. I mean, literally, because they, you're literally funding 12,000, 10,000 to 12,000 an insurance company for that 15 minutes where you're spending half hour in the waiting room. And the same thing, if I told you, if you had a Ferrari and if the, uh, you know, whoever sold it to you and said, you know, you need to do certain things to keep it, trust me, we all would do that. We give more importance to the cars sure. we drive. Mm-hmm. If there's a leak in your house, you would, especially if it's a new home, you're going to do everything under your power to get it right. fixed. Yes. We spend so much money on kitchens. We spend money on going on vacation. We have a wheelchair get us into the airplane, right? But you never think of a bit about, you know, how do I get out of this wheelchair? How right. can I get my health back? Because we have been, like you said, people think it's expensive. It is not expensive. Being unhealthy or having a disease process, taking the medications is actually very expensive. It takes away a part of your life. Right. And how do you get people to understand that? You know, you bring out this thought just came um, with this conversation. It's like, I have not seen it yet today or maybe one of you guys can educate me. But, you know, we're, we're told to like save for retirement or put this X amount of pay, you know, your paycheck to here for your kids to go to college. No one has ever said, hey, put this much money aside for your health. Right. Just for your health, for your fitness, whatever that may be, getting a membership to a gym, going to a holistic doctor. Are we, re- are we invest- have we been taught to invest in our health? I, no. So I when don't you think don't, so. right, yeah. Right. When you don't invest, what happens? You're in debt. You're, right. 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 You're in debt so, to your health, yeah. your body. Exactly. And that's why when you go to a holistic doctor, when you've gone now with like with your mother with arthritis, she's already got bone destruction. If she's just looking at it as an um, a cost, not an investment, right? It's never going to happen. Right. Right, because you have to learn to invest in your health. If you had, um, you know, when the gas prices were really high, if you had a gas station that said, you know, 99 cents a gallon, you would have a beeline for that place, right? Mm-hmm. And you go there and the guy just says, you know what, just, just a little mud in the gas, otherwise it's going to be fine. You're not going to have anybody stand there. Mm-hmm. But we never think about a 99 cents happy meal that we give our children mm-hmm. with a little toy. What is in it? Yeah that actually makes it 99 cents. Right. And this is where I said we were constantly doing things to hurt ourselves, but when we have to go and get it fixed, it suddenly becomes a cost because everything else around us, they've made it so cheap and standardized. That's what you want to do because that's comfortable. Right. And again, it's coming back to that mindset. One's got to change. One's got to just change the mindset. Like, wow, instead of like being, it's so expensive. Wow, this woman's going to help me. Right. It's a mindset. It's believing that you can get healthy. There's even like this belief system that even, ah, maybe I'm not supposed to get healthy. You know, maybe I'm just going to keep struggling so I could keep talking about this another year. Well, I think it's that, but but I I think it's with all of us. I think it's also just, it's what we're conditioned for in this culture is that it's for some reason when it comes to ourselves and investing in ourselves, we don't do it. Whether it's fitness health, good eating, yeah, any it. of these things. You know, let me ask you a question. If, I, if your bank told you, give me 5000 and I will double the money for you by the end of the year, anybody would figure out a way to get that 5000 You agree? Oh, yeah. I will beg, borrow, or steal, mm-hmm. but I'll give my bank the 5000 mm-hmm. 
because we give so much of importance to something like that. But think about it, you're spending anywhere, and that's how insurance takes it, very, very subtle. Each time you buy a pill, it's just five bucks. Next year, it's eight bucks. By the time you're five years into it, you're paying 25 bucks for the same pill. So what you do, you start dropping your medicines, but not getting many better. And you just don't realize you're putting in a lot of money into your disease. Can you switch that over and put it into your health once and for all, get healthy and don't have to worry about how? How many pills you got to take on a daily basis, Right. right? Yeah, and that's really, I think that mind shift has to come for that to happen from the healthcare industry, we need to educate our consumers. But a lot of us are kind of, you know, stuck by, you know, we practice out of this little box. Right. You go to medical school, you're taught about the diseases, you're taught about pharmaceuticals. And then when you get out, that's what you know. I know how to diagnose a disease and I know how to treat a disease. Right. But I don't know why this person got the disease. What were the factors that contributed in this particular individual? that got the disease, and how do we rebuild their health so that they don't see the disease again? Mm-hmm. Um, diabetes is a very classic example. I, I give informational sessions for diabetics. You know, that's my hardest crowd, but it's the easiest crowd to get um, healthier if they would actually take that first step forward. But most of our diabetics, they've been told for years together, once you're a diabetic, you're always a diabetic. You have to be taking these medicines. And when you have diabetes, we have to give you a certain medicine to protect your kidneys. We have to give you a certain medicine to keep your cholesterol down. But at the end of it, you're on all these medicines, and still we know diabetics continue to have heart attacks and strokes. Mm. So medicines and bringing the numbers, the blood pressure number down, your uh, cholesterol number down, or your what they call the A1C, which is the 90-day average of your blood sugar down, does not necessarily make you healthy. And in fact, when we got our A1Cs down, the uh, blood sugars down, people actually died. So we're missing something. And that's what we have to do is work with the patient. And healthcare really has to be individualized. It has to be personalized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you d- we have to see what, what are your factors mm-hmm. that are causing you to have dysfunction and disease. And once you get to that and you have an understanding of what you need to do and what you should not do, it's so much easier. It's not about going on a diet. It's not about trying to spend two hours, you know, working out at the gym. None of us have the time for it. But how do you stay healthy on a daily basis? It's simple choices. The quality of your life is directly proportional to the quality of the choices you make. Yes, and that's exactly what we're doing here by educating our folks on a spiritual fitness lifestyle. It's just these choices that we make, and we're all about quality and not quantity. And it changes with that mindset. How can I be overall healthy? I'm going to have to make these changes. But once the changes happen, these small incremental steps, you know, could add another 10, 15, 20 years of your life. But not only that, joyful years. Yes. You know, not struggling years. Should not be a living hell. Right. You're actually living life, not waiting for life, you know eventually end i guess yeah yeah you know yeah and it's uh, also what i tell people is your life the quality of your life is what you make non-negotiable mm-hmm. and mm. right and we negotiate every time when it comes to healthcare. All right right we're constantly negotiating with your insurance and then suddenly when you get stuck with the big deductible and you're like how did i get a deductible it's because you wanted lower premiums right so don't negotiate with your health figure out 
what you really want. What is your outcome? Right. Health should not be a concern as we get older. Right. Actually, if you kind of broke it down, I didn't do. Maybe you could do this as an exercise. Like if, like I'm on the path of going fully holistic, you know, and you know, you could probably and probably overall probably spending less and getting better quality overall health care right. and information. Right. right. We're just not accustomed to it. No, if you get it. healthy, you can actually you negotiate a better premiums with your insurance right. and say, just cover me for catastrophic care. Right. Catastrophic care, you could be in a car accident. Right. You know, then right. you need care. Then right. you need care. But you shouldn't have to have daily care where you got to suppress your blood pressure, suppress your sugar, suppress right. your cholesterol right. and call it health care. That's actually disease care or mm-hmm. disease management. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there's so many things we touched upon, but if you can give, I think you, you mentioned one thing that I think we all deal with, maybe one tip for stress management that if someone is listening today that they can incorporate, you know, tomorrow, um, just one tip maybe. So when you have stress, it's always like, um, a classic example would be, um, let's, let's say there's a bee flying in your, in a closed room. And you'll find most people are irked by a bee and they're afraid they'll get stung. They will jump around, run around and, you know, try to fly out of the room. But let's say you have two people and one person just watches the bee. And when it sits on the wall or sits on the table, gets it and throws it out through the window. That's the how you manage stress. So both of them are faced with the same situation, a flying bee. It's your reaction that has to change. Mm. And for your reaction to change, that requires you to mentally train yourself, right? Every time you have a situation, if you're constantly angry about something, what, is, what has to change is not the situation, but the fact that you're constantly angry. How about taking a step back? Take a deep breath, and you always take three deep breaths. Close your eyes, shut yourself from the surroundings, take three deep breaths and then again go back and write down the problem and say what am I angry about and why am I angry and you'll find that if this is something that's non-negotiable and that's why you're angry then you need to make that change right a lot of times we're in a relationship we kind of negotiate negotiate give give in so much at some point you get so frustrated Mm -hmm. and then that's that's how people break down Mm -hmm. It's like this only I have all the time people come to me saying, you know, I have to do so much for my kids. I have to do so much for my husband. And it's like, what do you want to make non-negotiable here? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what you have to do. To, you have to take care of yourself and right. you have to set aside that time. You have to take the deep breath and change your reaction to the situation. Mm-hmm. For that, you have to think. Right. So I, I would tell people if they have to handle stress, number one, take a deep breath. Think and respond, not react. No, yeah. Respond yeah. well. Yeah. Right. So let me ask you about stress. And as a as a physician and you've studied the body, you know, we think of stress as this thing that kind of affects us and it's we put it on the outside world that's happened to us. But what actually happens in the body when you're experiencing stress and what kinds of symptoms can you can show physiologically when right. you're dealing with that kind of stress or any kind of stress. So stress is something internal or external that disrupts your system. 
Okay. So it could be internal. That's a very good point. Now, internal could be things that we're exposed to. So the air we breathe, if you're in a very busy city like Chicago or New York, or what we eat. And then it could be physical stress, like you're playing uh, football and you kind of hit your head. Yeah. That could be a physical stress. And then, of course, which all of us know about is the emotional stress, having um, tough jobs, yeah. um, especially service-oriented industry. Now, what happens is when your body is stressed, it produces this hormone called cortisol. The job of cortisol is to make sure all of our vital organs are being supplied with blood and all of the other things like, you know, your bowels don't move, your your eyes become wide so you get more uh, vision and mm-hmm. your body's geared for a fight or a flight. Mm-hmm. Now, for us, the modern world, we're constantly stressed. We're stressed in the morning getting our kids to school or we are stressed trying to get to work or stressed to f- uh, finish an assignment and then we have no time to cook our meals, so we grab something that's easy to grab and eat, like mm-hmm. you know, on your way to Starbucks. So you got now you got the emotional stress, you've gotten the chemical stress, mm-hmm. and then you're trying to run in and you trip and fall, and then you got the physical stress, right? Right. And then what happens is the cortisol is constantly on a high. It's because it keeps thinking, oh, this person is running, and I need to protect the body. So the way it protects the body is it holds on to calories. So you get weight gain over a period of time with stress. When you get the weight gain, automatically your blood sugars go higher because you're a little more hungry. The cortisol induces that too, increases higher blood sugars. There's a lot of stress. You're kind of a little hungry. You want to eat. And then the other thing that really happens is besides the fact that you have the mental, the physical stress, you're not calming down, you're not sleeping. Mm. And the body begins to break down. So a lot of the problems I find is very high cortisol. And then at some point, when the body is constantly stressed, constantly stressed, the whole system breaks down and you have this chronic fatigue. Mm. Because it's like it's running a marathon inside of itself without you actually running a marathon. And when that's constant fatigue comes, your blood tests are not going to show anything. You know, you just see little um, symptoms like heartburn. Uh, You go and get over-the-counter Prilosec, Zantac, or you get constipation or diarrhea. It could be one way or the other. Mm -hmm. They really, in functional medicine, we consider the gut as your second brain. So if you have, you know, get the butterfly sensation in your gut when you're going to go speak in front of a big audience, that's why it is, because it has the most neurons, it has the most neurotransmitters. So really? you have a lot of gut function, right? Mm. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. So when people have diarrhea, they alternate with constipation and they get diagnosed with irritable bowel. And they're taking these pills and they're okay with the diagnosis of irritable bowel. It's almost like we are proud to write those labels, right? Uh-huh. I have heart, uh, heartburn or GERD, esophageal reflux disease, or I have irritable bowel And then um, the other things that happen, which this is the other one that really gets me, when people come to me saying they have depression or anxiety. Now, when you lose a very dear one, like either whether it be a spouse, the worst is a child, it is normal for us to feel sad. It should be normal for us to feel sad. Mm -hmm. And yet we go to the doctor saying, you know, I haven't been able to sleep. I need something to take the edge off. But that's the natural process of grieving. We need to be able to differentiate between sadness and actually being depressed. Mm. And we've become such a society where 
natural things happen to us, we have natural responses and we want to suppress those responses. Right. Right? So once it becomes that way, then when you're suppressing, it's like you're suppressing different parts of your body so that it doesn't um, kind of flag you and say, hey, we have a problem. Then something else goes wrong. And then when it becomes a disease, you just accept the fact that, you know, this is what I have because I think it runs in my family. Right. So I really think internally, one of the most important thing is when you have a symptom, take a step back and see, hey, why am I getting this? Like, for instance, if you have a dog and, you know, the, when the dog tends to eat grass and puke, we all know, those of us who have dogs, we know that the dog has a stomach issue. Yeah. It's something that they, it ate and it's going to be staying without food for two, three days and it's going to come back to eat. But when we get a stomach upset, we want instantaneous relief. Mm-hmm. We go and suppress it, right? right? We get a pill from the store, we suppress our symptoms. How about seeing, hey, what is it that's making me have heartburn on a regular basis? Why am I having the irritable bowel? Why is it so you know, constantly on the run? What right. can I do different? And that's what we do. We try to teach people how to look at where it all began and what they need to change. Sometimes I'm amazed, it's just simple, as simple as being, having food sensitivities. You could just be um, sensitive to gluten. I know everybody laughs about it. It says, oh, are you on the gluten bandwagon? But it's a true thing because we really can. There's something called gluten sensitivity. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be celiac. Mm-hmm. And again, you have a child that's running out the front door towards a busy street. You actually stop the child when he's looking at the front door, not when he's in the middle of the busy <laughs> right, street, right. right? So why are we waiting till we have a disease to say, hey, I'm going to have to do this rather than say here are my signs and symptoms i need to look at what i need to change whether it be my mindset how i deal with my stress if you hate your job so much switch right right you know i tell that to people all the time right they come to me saying you know my job is so stressful i said will it be less stressful not to have a job right right the answer is no right so you need to switch and those are the things everything is within our power we just have to make that choice to say you know what this is not working for me. I'm going to have to figure this out. Right. And I think that's the difference between successful people and people who just accept. Exactly. I think, you know, and it's the number one thing we've talked about. We always talk about on the show is, is taking that first step that I want change. Right. And believing that into the core to believe. And this is hard, but that's why this show helps and having people like, on, like yourself on this show. Once you make that change, whatever your belief system is, God, universe, starts having your back right that is the gift we're all here that we're supposed to do it's to realize is we're here to change so we can live the life of our birthright that we want right and you know i'm just gonna as you were talking about gluten i have to mention what the benefits of living a holistic lifestyle are my daughter she is 16 15 years old was having you know stomach issues and um we were very open as a family for her to check it out and she found out she had gluten sensitivity and she's gluten free and it corrected everything had we gotten the normal route who knows what would have happened right and so the gift of even as you know our generation starting to be open with it the gift we can give our children by also following this type of lifestyle right? because kids are sponges and they will be open. And sometimes they, you know, they're our greatest teachers. 
them ourselves. Yes. So, um, so I just wanted to mention that with the gluten. I want to ask you a question because what's ringing true with me is this idea of treating the disease instead of treating the cause and understanding early on that there's something that there's something you can do. What, I guess my question is, what are the signs or what can we look at so that we're not in the office when we do have the disease? What are some early warning signs that there might be something wrong? Because I think that's, that's something we don't understand either. It's just what, there's something going on with me. What, what are the s- signals that I'm having that I'm not even realizing are there? Right. So let's look at it this way. Like if you've seen teenagers, they eat like there's no tomorrow, yeah. right? Especially guys. And they can be thin as a rail. They eat, and this is what people tell me, how come some, somebody eats so, so much and doesn't gain weight? You slowly start gaining weight. That's a sign. Weight gain is actually a sign that all is not well with your health. It's not simply an issue of calories in and calories out. It means your body is protecting you and trying to put on that weight. So it's trying to saying, I need resources because something catastrophic is going to happen. That's mm, number one. Okay. Number two, headaches. Like for me, I had migraine headaches. That was a symptom that things were not well. Now, I didn't go ahead and treat my migraine headaches, so I was tempted to do that and say, you know, I need to be on a medication to suppress migraines or take this medicine, Zomega, whatever it may be, when I get an initial attack. What I, say, what I try to look back and see is, why do I have migraines right now? And when I discovered my thyroid, and just treating the root cause of my thyroid symptoms, my, I haven't had migraines in three years. Mm. So it's like you've got to get little things, even heartburn, I told you. It's heartburn doesn't mean just you ate the wrong food. It could be your body is having something and it's giving you a symptom, a signal saying all is not well. And a lot of times I find people have lower acid in their stomach. And whatever they're eating is sitting in their stomach they don't feel hungry, that food is t- t- turning putrid mm-hmm. and actually causing discomfort. Oh. And what they're doing is taking medications to suppress their acid further. And it actually worsens the problem. They don't have symptoms anymore, but it doesn't take away you yeah. know, what the problem is. So little stuff, aches and pains. You wake up in the morning, you have these joint aches, you have these pains, you call it arthritis, you accept it. At, a, at the age of 40, you shouldn't have arthritis. You shouldn't have early morning aches and pains. And that's the other thing. So these little things, even very subtle things, you need to do getting up in the morning or feeling fatigued by the end of the day, feeling tired. That's not normal. People come, you know, children come back from school, they have this sudden burst of energy <laughs> that they can go and play again, yeah, right? right? Yeah, right. So we're not looking at them and we were all children at one time, but we accept the fact that we are tired at the end of the day. We're stressed and we just want to chill out, watch TV or whatever it may be. So I think those are the things you have to take these things seriously and say, hey, what do I need to do to get my health back to where I was? Mm-hmm. And you don't age till you're like well into your you know, late 80s or early 90s today. The way we have a lot of information and access to great food, we really shouldn't be aging. So that's one thing I want people to understand is you don't have to accept symptoms as this is a part of aging. I think that's an important point because a lot of times, I mean, I've even said, I'm just getting old. Yeah. You know, I've always got to ache. Something's always hurting because I'm old. And I think the, that's, 
that's a big mind ch- mindset change yeah. is to think mm-hmm. I should be able to do everything I normally could do. Yes. Right. And I think something to your question to Dr. Shalom of, of like, what can we do, mm-hmm. you know, to maybe that preventive is again, making that investment in ourselves. It's, it's okay to go, to go to see a holistic practitioner or whatever when you're healthy and just make yeah. that part of your lifestyle. Oh, yeah. That's a you very know, important you point, know, actually, Chris. You know, you know, like you just build that as part of your team. It's just part of your daily lifestyle. If it's a quarterly visit, semi-annual visit, it's automatic. It's just automatic. It's just automatic. It's investing again in yourself. Right. And, I, you know, a lot of people come to me. They say, you know, I'm not that bad off. I'm like, how bad off do you want to be before you begin to... What's bad off, right? Yeah, yeah. what is bad off? It's like, no, I can function. I still, I'm okay. It's just occasional aches and pains and some migraines. And, you know, occasionally I just need a Xanax just once a week. And I'm like, that's that's pretty bad. Right. So I think that's, you're very right about it. You know, you really want to start investing when you're healthy. Right. And when you have a problem, rebuild your health. Yes. Don't accept it as, you know, let me just go see my doctor twice a year. Yes. And that's why our practice is very different is where we get people to stay with us for three months or six months or 10 months, depending on what they need to resolve. Mm-hmm. And in that three months, we make sure they get educated. They understand their blood work. We teach them how to read their own labs. Right. And wow. the, yeah, that's one thing. I think that's very important, yes. right? If you're engaged. And you know what you're doing is causing your problems with your labs. You will change what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the three months, they come out feeling like, you know, now I know what to do. And after that, it's just maintenance. Right, right. And, you know, so this brings up a point of what we've talked about, you know, spiritual fitness and building that team. You know, the spiritual fitness lifestyle is we do these things daily. But then we have these other things we do if they're on a monthly basis or a quarterly basis or semi-annual annual. And this is that process of building your team, you know, of if it's getting energy work, you know, balancing, balancing yourself or visiting a doctor like yourself, you know, for someone, you know, you're looking at John and I in our mid forties. And as we had this conversation, what is something we would recommend, you would recommend for us if we were to come see you, like, so I'm what we're talking about, right? Is right. like investing in ourselves as opposed to, oh, I have right. a, you know, 99, maybe 95% of your clients are coming because they have something. What about the, the people that are going to start taking charge of their life and start investing in themselves? What would you recommend? So first you'd, I'd have to find out what your goal is. Okay. What are your goals? People might say, I want to live long or I want to live healthy. I mean, I always say, look at your health span. Living long is going to be almost a given these days. Most people are living longer, even if they have a disease process. But how about living healthy and being able to do what you want to do, when you want to do, where you want to do, and how you want to do it? Mm -hmm. Just having no limitations, whether it be mind-wise, financially, physically, how do you do that? And that's once I know that goal, then I see where I can help you. And if you have absolutely no health problems, I'll see what you're currently doing. And then I try to enhance what you're actually doing that's actually working well for you. And the things that you're not possibly, you could actually incorporate to make, you know, take you to the next level. And one of the things that we do in functional medicine is that they always uh, complain functional medicine doctors do too many blood tests. It's never too many blood tests if I can get your engagement. Right. If I can get you engaged in your health and I can show you, hey, this is why I think you need to be doing this. Here are your test results. 
and I need you to move into the zone of, you know, it's, I have my blood tests are red, yellow, and green. Nobody wants to be in the red. Mm-hmm. And yellow is the warning, just like the traffic yeah. signal. Mm-hmm. And the green is a go. Mm-hmm. And so if I can get you all to be in the green, you're engaged. And yep. people will come every year and hope that their blood test will be green. They know what they have done that will make them go to that, the That's yellow. where we want to take this, is people to be excited for these yeah. appointments. Right, you know? right. I think that's a good way maybe to, to wrap this up as for our listeners. How can people find you? So our, our um, holistic practice is it's actually Holistic and Integrative Center of Novi. So it's holisticicon.com. And um, it, actually, if you go to the website, you have the telephone number. You can actually come to one of our informational sessions because you really need to connect with me. There are so many of us and you may not necessarily like the approach or you may just really like this approach. So I think I always tell people, come to one of our informational sessions and we have one almost every week trying to educate people. That is great. Yeah, That is great because I think, you know, we've had many um, professionals on on here and I think John and I talked about is like, how how do you find the right person? And um, by doing something like that is is right on. So that's great. That's great. Well, I think the other thing that's important is that it's a personal thing, so you should feel like you have a connection with right. your right. the person you're working with. Otherwise, keep looking. Right. And a lot of times we just we're comfortable. We're just walking in the doctor. I hated that doctor. Yeah. When are you going back next week? Right. Why? Why right. are you going back to that person? Right. That's right. true. Right. From a soul level, absolutely, there should be that connection. Yeah. Yep. Right. And we'll roll a 15-minute free consultation for people who want to do online because now online care is becoming very common. And if it's just health and wellness, it's easier. You know, How I'm does not- that work online? So you just make a consultation. Uh-huh. You have to fill the form. I look at where your goals are and where your problems are. I get a little bit of a history, and I can tell them if I can help them or not. Oh. And create, you know, to see if you're willing to change. Now, if you're not willing to change... I, you know, if you keep doing the same things you're doing, you're going to keep getting the same things you've gotten. Sure. Right? So to make that shift is what we try and do, um, to assess that shift. Are you ready to make a change? Right. And are we the right fit for you? And um, is this gonna, relationship going to work? That's what I do now. That's, a great, that's a great <laughs> I'm service. I'm smiling because we could, your mom could be like a beta test. Well, we can. We can. Why not? We'll switch it. It's only a fifteen-minute consultation. Maybe maybe I'll get her on there. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about changing. All right. Well, Dr. Chelm, thank you so much for being on the show. You gave so much wonderful information, and um, it was great to have you here. Yeah, we'll circle back with you uh, as your practice is obviously going to grow and thrive. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this opportunity. It was really fun talking to you guys too. Thanks. And for everybody that's out there, if you want to hear our next episode, be sure to subscribe to the Humble Warrior Podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at The Warrior Pod and like the Humble Warrior Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Until next week, live brave. Join us next week for the next episode of the Humble Warrior Podcast. Subscribe to the Humble Warrior Podcast by visiting chrisforte.com.